0: Welcome to Conversations Over a Brew. I'm Nat Hughes from Heart of Glass, and we are an arts organization based in St. Helens, Merseyside. And broadly speaking, we support artists and communities to go on creative journeys together and make art. Conversations Over a Brew is a series of intimate recorded conversations exploring the stories of the people we make art with. This podcast is about the power of listening and conversation and how making art can bring us together and create change. In this episode, we hear from Amino Attic and Fox Irving. Amino is a Yemeni Scouse poet and performance artist whose work explores the identity and experience of the Yemeni diaspora living in Liverpool. Amino is also an award-winning community activist and current Humboldt Residency Fellow. Fox is a queer working-class artist and through their work, they investigate how art can be used as a tool of empowerment by their own marginalised communities. Amino and Fox met during Women Working Class Northwest a working group led by FOX for women artists and producers from working class or benefit class backgrounds. Amina was one of the artists who took part, to so sit back, relax and enjoy the conversation.
1: Hello, FOX. <laughs> Hi, Amina. How are you doing? I'm OK. Well, so lovely to see you and hear you what is it like twice a week now (laughs) yeah we see (laughs) each other
2: quite a lot don't we and you get a lot of emails from recently so yeah it's nice to see you again as
1: always it's been an interesting journey hasn't it Rox? um like how did we meet where did it all begin
2: do you know what I was um thinking about this the other day it has been uh a journey for me I'm not quite a journey that i expected um so how we met okay so i put an open call out with heart of glass for a group to be started uh, in the northwest called women working class which is actually from a project i started um before the pandemic even hit. And I can't remember the timeframe-wise, but it was just before the pandemic hit. So that was 2020, Jan 2020, I set up with the Live Art Development Agency, uh, a women women working class group in which a group of women artists came together and discussed issues around class, Mm -hmm. being working class slash benefit class to discuss um, issues that impacted them entering the arts I started that, that was uh, really successful. It felt like it was much needed. Um, and then the pandemic hit, we moved to online. But throughout that and throughout all my practice, it's, there's a need for me to come back up north. I'm originally from Liverpool. Um, it's very much about kind of the agency I had in me to join. Um, to become an artist, but the struggles I've had, so it was natural for me to come up and start a group in the northwest. So I put an open call out in March this year. Was it this year? Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, and you applied? Yeah. Well, luckily I applied through Twitter, um, and I don't really apply through Twitter. You know, I I, I go to like art jobs on, but I saw I saw that a few times come up and. The word women connected with me. I'm really passionate about being a woman, but also being in conversation with women. But when I saw working class, that's where I took a moment to think about, you know, does does this relate to me, even though I know I'm working class mm-hmm. um in terms of, you know, how um my environment or the system would would uh, associate me to a particular class but and I saw that a few times and then I missed the deadline and then I think it was extended
0: yeah that's right so it
1: came up again and I was like let me see what the application looks like because applications do overwhelm me a little bit and I saw that it was just an expression of interest and I and I really like that because it just sounds really like welcoming so I applied and I kind of like just like for the first time understood class when i described why i wanted to be in this group and and yeah and then i remember the first workshop i i saw a lot of women that i knew and some women that i've never met before and you know the first week was i i was quite reserved didn't speak much but then the second week i saw that there was a lot of similar similarities and and but also a lot of differences, and what I loved about the first week is you know we got to tell a bit of stories about ourselves, and I was like oh my god I see myself in this memory like this is so similar to mine and we were just all excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um yes um you know the extension I applied on the extension didn't I? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I extended it because I wanted to go to a kind of wider reach, um. And I wanted to make sure it reached all audience. It's really important for me, and I'm glad I glad I got you on the uh, extension. Actually, um, it's interesting for me because it's the first. These are the first times I put open calls out. I've always been an artist that respond to open open calls. So I'm glad actually found you found it. The process not that you know daunting. No okay great <laughs> yeah,
1: it, was, it was great no it was really great you know it's uh, I think mean, there was like it was a limit on just a, a word count and there wasn't any particular questions like you know what are your past experiences especially those who are freelancing and and our working class you know sometimes you know we might not have ever had allocated jobs in the arts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we freelance so how do you put that into like words yeah <laughs> you know that i did a 12-week project i did a six-week project because we do a lot but we just don't know how to uh put the put it all together in an application sometimes and i find that personally difficult um but we spoke a lot about the project didn't we and we spoke about what it meant to each other but i want to know fox what it means to you as someone who's hosted it but also facilitated it
2: you know, I, you know, when I think about the group, so when I had in mind, so when I worked with the Southwest group, I got them to make a number of resources for the women working class a uh, website. And I, I thought I could just come into this group in the Northwest and replicate that model. And I was going to come in and be like, hey, everyone, you are going to do X, Y, Z, and we'll get these, and it'll be the end of the fourth session. But I just got a sense from the first meeting, which is not what I expected. It was just a lovely sharing. There was no pressure. And it just, instead of those, I had had originally when I was going to start a plan that um, the first four sessions would make resources and it would be for the website. But what I realised actually from our four meetings that we had, I think it was four, that the magic happens after the fourth meeting right you need uh when you're doing group work the four the form those first four meetings are really like when you start to get trust with the group you get comfortable with the group you you can be slightly vulnerable with the group and it takes yeah so now i like from our fourth meet group i'm sorry like that's the model i work with now is Mm. I'm not going to do and make anyone do any work for the first four sessions it, you know and then um come come to a point when asking you know for any outputs of that but what do I what do I think it was particularly emotional for me the fit working with the northwest group um mm. I'd worked with the group in london it was it was you know really special but there was a lot of as you said uh things mirrored that I'd experienced up north mm. you know it is a lot different up north uh and I think it was Maria actually like the first group I was like I need to keep this together but she talked about like having to put cardboard in her shoes because she had holes in her shoes and that was the thing we did it was like oh gosh okay this, yeah this is this is really special for me this group it, it's going to be really uh, like emotional, it's gonna be really like affirming for me, and it was the right thing for me to do to come up north. I think for real,
1: and I think like meaning within the group was quite interesting because as a participant, I saw how you know, and and I think that that is a credit to you, Fox, and your facilitation and your vision for the project because it was a, it was a gradual thing, and I think. I think for me, it was what I got out of it is that we learned to trust each other within the four weeks. And I think because it was only, there wasn't any particular expectations to deliver. It was all about this is your space to get to know each other and to talk about a particular theme. It was just refreshing because, you know, being a freelancer since the age of 16, everything's about delivery, delivery, delivery. And never getting a chance to actually breathe within the process. So that when after the four weeks ended and we got to produce something, it was was like, oh, now I've took the time to breathe. I've took the time to actually have a conversation, to discuss, to take notes, to be inspired, to challenge myself. I can now express myself in a way that is clear and it's not rushed and there's no pressure. And I personally saw... I think us as a group change within, and when I say change, I don't mean anything physical. It's more like emotional. There was a lot of, like, strength in how we express ourselves. Because when we shared the first week, it was, a little, it was quite emotional, but by the fourth week, there was a bit of humor in our story. Yeah. And I think it's because we learned to accept them. Yeah. And I can only speak for myself here, but this is an observation as well. We learn to accept that these are memories that come from certain trauma as well, childhood trauma, and also there may be certain things that people said for the first time. But I think by the end of it, we, we realized that, and I think this is something that I, I read in one of the researchers that in um, from Beverly Skegg. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And something that really highlighted for me was we feel each other. And we feel them. Yeah. And that for me is something that after the four weeks, we really felt each other.
2: You've really put that beautifully because uh, there's a few things in. I was bringing an academic text into that space, the Beverly Skegs, called Feeling Class, which, you know, for many of us can be really daunting to, like, try and pull apart. But even if you just get a sense of what that's about, like, through the work, through the group, you get that sense of feeling, and you know, I, I keep going on about the this this group. What also for me is, I know I hold the space, but I'm always honest. I'm just like the host of the party. I am not an expert in any way, and I always say to the, say to the group, you know, the group or the groups I work with, is you can stand up or stand down. There's no pressure. You can show up. Um, if you want to, and, you know, just be in the space, and I can remember, there was a thing that happened with the North Northwest group, I was like, okay, for this week, it'd be great if you could bring something next week, but no pressure, you don't have to do it, but you've all brought something, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> it's like this, like, if there's no pressure on it, you're allowed to do the work, which yeah. I thought was uh, something i like, you know, I enjoyed with the North Group, and it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and I I think this is something for the for the listeners to hear. But you know, one of the commissions was to record our, our sections of the research that we'd read, and and I remember sending an email, Fox, just a few days ago, saying, "Look, Fox, I've recorded this, but there's a lot of words that I can't pronounce. There's some words that I don't even understand." Um is that okay like or do you want me to re-record I was panicking and and I you know I got your email back saying this is what I want you know it's if this is how we read mm-hmm. then we should be able to read it in a way that is where we might mispronounce or we might stutter on a word and and yeah I did find it difficult but I think in the end just that like it's raw and it's real So what are your hopes for the project, Fox? All well, my
2: hopes. Like, What's next? I just want to come and share something with you, Read really, that, re- making you all read. I, I feel like yeah. a few of you were like, why are you making me read out loud a really difficult academic text? Um, and I, I think a, f- a few of the women like, on the same day were like, I'm fine. And I was like, no, this is what I want. Because I had exactly the same problem. I stumbled my words. I think I even started laughing because some of the words were just... But um, there was an artist called Gary Anderson from up north in Liverpool. And he said to me, we had a conversation somewhere and he said, I said, you know, some of these texts, I just can't, they're not for me. Like these academic texts that are talking to me about class, how to break down the system are just not accessible for the people they're talking about. And he told me that he used to read a paper out loud himself and listen to it his voice over and over again, till it sunk in, till he could hear somebody like him, who was him, or somebody with that accent, talking and saying, actually, this is for me. Um, so that's why I all made you do it. So I wasn't like, torturing you, because I used to hate reading out loud in school. But it's for me, if there's any other working class artists listening to that, hearing those texts and their, their voices and accents is really important. Um, but going back to your question, what is my hopes and dreams? Um, so there are some hopes and dreams. Is and the, and the, and they're starting to happen. And I've got this beautiful website, like stunning website with uh, resources and work on that you know have been both funded, funded, supported by you know Arts Council, Heart of Glass, um, Live Art Development Agency. That is, I've got this resource now for other working-class artists because when I first started the group uh, in the southwest I had so many applications and I asked the women what do they want from this group and the first thing in the first group was like I don't want this just to stay in this room I want something to happen that is shared that everyone can hear these conversations so that was going to be actually a little zine where we were pre-covid oh we'll just make a zine and put it out but then um COVID happened and we had to move online, which has actually means I've got this whole new web resource, which I can keep adding. So I'll add the Northwest Commission so we've got more and more resources. Um as you know as well, this week we've been doing podcasts. So I'm starting a little podcast series to get even more our voices out in conversations. Um big hopes and dreams, blue sky thinking, as always with me, is uh Love for us to have a little conference at some point. Got some discussions about that happening potentially, where we can bring, uh, as you know, it's not just closed off to us, we can have lots of people joining for that conference. Uh, another hope for the group is that I want to start a mentoring. What well, I think we talked about this or not, it was brought up by, uh, by Adi, I'm actually in the group, like a big sister, like a kind of working class artists women working class um mentoring young women that want to come into the arts um and that would be my dream is actually um starting that uh, a pilot of that in the northwest um another one like blue so that's where those things are really important they seem really like key uh, and you know taking it to arts organisations and saying this is what we need from your as art organizations to get these young women and women who understand what barriers they have and what support they need um but also I think pre-covid we had one idea where we'd get a caravan and we'd do it up and we'd go around the whole of the UK just like sharing our experiences and stories so they I've got loads of hopes and dreams
1: I think it's like you know you can dream as big as you want um but I I do think, you know, the I, I, for me, as a creative practitioner and a writer, I think something that I learned over the years of my early career is that process is the most important thing. And I think process, especially when it comes to conversations around working class, there's no linear form of understanding it. Because I know people dip in and out of it. Is it because I've gone to university now, I'm middle class <laughs> now? You know, working class, something that I understood and I learned through the group, it's an identity. And it's something that, even being Arab, there's there's a lot of similarities because, like, we were speak. I was speaking to Kelly yesterday on the podcast from the Southeast Group, and we were talking about food and our relationship with food in a working class environment. And I was saying, you know, that's quite similar in, when I go back home to Yemen, you know, the relationship with food is very togetherness and we, there's a lot of sharing. And and there's a lot of things to celebrate with that. And I think by the end of it, it's about what are the obstacles, but what else can we also celebrate? But what things can we put in place to actually make changes so that Fox, like yourself, when you went into the arts, you faced certain barriers. I went into the arts, I faced certain barriers so that. Those who come after us, the barriers are either not there or they're just less, less difficult.
2: Yeah.
1: To hop through them. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah. So throughout the whole project, if there's anything, anything at all that it really inspired you or changed your thinking or. It's really. I, I mean, you're like see, every
2: <laughs> every bem- Women that I've worked with in this group are just blowing me away. They're, like, so inspiring. And I I remember, especially from our groups, by the end of it, we'd feel quite elated, like, and empowered. I mean, I think our group might be, in some moments it was a bit silly, but, you know, we all felt quite, like, Um, what's energised after the meeting, you know, it just felt, oh, I'm really glad I came to the meeting. And that's what's special for me. That's what the, like, key moments for me is leaving those groups, you know, not coming in, oh, this is something I've got to do for art. It's actually that coming together. And I think, as well, we did that really well, because I was a bit worried about moving to online. Because in the in-person groups, you talk about food, is I would make sure we have a break and I would make soup and we would eat bread. Mm. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I sent you little care packages. Did you ever get one?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did. I got a pack of teas. I got a notepad. And you know what, folks, that was absolutely lovely because it's like something physical, especially under lockdown or COVID, was just really nice to get something um so it was a lovely little touch to the project
2: yeah because i was a bit i was like how can i replicate that like breaking of the bread coming together because sometimes over those conversations over food you would have you know some of the like magic would happen xyz so i was like how can i like send that in the group so yeah i made you a little kip up a little bit of chocolate in or some people said don't send me chocolate or uh, two bags and things like that so i'm glad i think and yeah, it was my way to connect with you and I forgot I did that. Um, so those moments bringing together have been really inspiring for me and just hearing the stories and seeing the work. I think for the sense of my practice, um, yeah, it's about kind of understanding that, you know, with the when you're engaging or working in group work, you need at least four sessions for people to be really come together and trust each other before work and not putting that kind of pressure on or deadlines, you know, just being like, show up if you can, like, a moment and then the work, and the work will happen. Um, I think those have been key for me, um, like, light bulb
1: moments,
2: but also inspirational. Yeah.
1: And I- I'm just going to, like, cut off in the middle, because after the four weeks, it was kind of like, it was kind of like an invitation to deliver. and something that I really liked because we had the four weeks to try it out to talk. Is it for you? Is this the space for you? And I think you know what was lovely you you then asked us that I would like to invite you now to the second part of it, but this is also optional. So where there's a lot of projects, their models are very like, okay, this is how we're gonna get to a to Z and there's no. There's no breaks in between where you can opt out, yeah, you know, so I think I think the model does work, especially when it comes to like conversations that that need time and need kind of like a place where trust needs to be made before we deliver. So I do agree I think the model does work, and I think it's something that probably can inspire the people to use the same model I mean why we I mean COVID, one thing that the pandemic has taught us is that we do not need to rush the world slowed down for 18 months I'm sure we can slow down when we're working with people yeah. and places
2: and one thing I've, I forgot as well we had bridging the gap fund you remember while I was waiting to yeah. hear back from funding and I know this is the heart of God podcast and I'm not just saying this but they a gave they gave me money for each member of the group. To bridge the gap, where I tried to get funding to continue the group, and I came to—I can remember coming to that last meeting—and like, you can have this X amount of money, but you don't need to do. You can do whatever you want with it. There's no outcome, and I think you all were a bit like, uh, <laughs>
1: "Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure we can just have this money and just like—and you know what? Fox I'm—I'm I'm not even saying this because we're recording." That Bridging the gap, you know, money that I got personally as a member, I created the most meaningful ideas that I did. I had did in a very long time because there was no pressure or expectation. I had fun actually thinking about, oh, and also because we were so inspired after the fourth week, we were like, oh, I can't believe this is ending. Like, I want to write. I want to create now, <laughs> So, it, you know, and, I, and I, I do think this is great. And we do, we were very, very grateful to Heart of Glass for understanding that, but also for yourself to actually, you know, say this is part of the model. Like I need to keep, I know people are inspired. They might want to write stuff or create something, but there's no expectation.
2: Yeah, I was very aware after that fourth week, I just, you know, I didn't want to just leave you. And I was like, so I was very lucky, you know, with that, that funding and, you know, I think one of the women just took themselves on a trip to London to like look at art galleries and just charge up because they'd just been constantly doing work, which was amazing. But it is really important to me, and I always, you know, I'm constantly thinking about this. I don't want to just parachute in, be like, "Here's a project, I need this outcome from you," and then I'm going to just disengage, and you won't hear from me again. Um, I've been very lucky that I've got now got had the third. This is the third phase we're going into. Um, and I'm continuing to apply for funding and keep it going. But it is a constant thing as somebody running this project. I'm constantly, like, thinking about it, you know, in a beautiful world. I just have a big, you know, for a, a much longer period. But, I, yeah, I was very grateful for that, bridging the gap. And the fact that I could just say to you, you don't have to. It was a really big thing for me as a group leader to be like, yeah, I don't need anything from you. Just just do this while i try and get my funding which was a relief for me right because i wasn't holding everyone trying Mm -hmm. to keep them
1: but like um i think the listeners might find this really interesting but um we actually got the chance to meet women from southeast so you know like so you know yesterday i was doing a podcast with kelly so you had like a really you know london cockney accent with a scouse accent talking about class and and i think that is just really powerful because I've never seen this before. I've really not seen it before. and I think when people listen to these podcasts, they're gonna be really interested in just the accents and the dialects that have come together to talk about something that will bring us a little bit closer to each other and yeah, so I mean, what was the intention behind bringing the Northwest group with the southeast
2: um Part of it was because I just love both groups and I just needed you to like meet. But (laughs) the main thing was I am somebody from the northwest living in the south. Um, So it was natural for me to start a group here. And it was me, the northwest group was me going back to where I'm from. So it felt natural. And there is a divide. I know it's old fashioned to say that. But in the southeast, you've got a lot more opportunities. There's a lot more money funding, it seems, especially in London. Rather than in the northwest, um, so bringing together um, was important. And like, and this is for me. I think when I'm thinking about when we, if you do a conference, we'll be all doing it together. So it was a little test. I've not listened to the podcast. I give you a very like, r- n- like one line brief for it. So I have no clue what what I'm going <laughs> to listen. I'm I edit in this. I'm so excited just to see where these conversations are gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. Um, so that was the intention. It was, I've worked with both of you. Uh, I know there's a divide between the North and South with art. I think it's important that we get all voices heard. Um, so yeah, that was the intention
1: of that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. So just to end our conversation, which has been so lovely to chat with you, Fox. And just get to know a little bit more about the project and your intentions behind it and also your hopes. Um, if you were to describe in three words and um, what it is to be a woman but also working class.
2: Oh gosh, three words. Um, imposter syndrome sucks.
1: Can I, I allow to say that? <laughs>
2: That's like my three words. <laughs> like we all suffer every every woman I brought onto that space. Suffers from imposter mm. syndrome. Yeah, um, and we all realise that that is what's happening, and we're all wanting to change that and get rid of imposter syndrome. So maybe my three words is overcoming imposter syndrome.
1: Brilliant, and I think that is uh, that's active and that's a reminder to um, a lot of us. So it's a weakness, but it's also I think it's understanding why we do it and where that comes from. Well, thank you so much, Fox. It's been amazing and I'm really excited to see where the project goes and, uh, um, and I've, um, I'm honoured to be part of it as well. <laughs> honoured to have
2: you. No problem. It's been really lovely catching up. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out the show notes for more information about this project. We'll be back again soon with another conversation over a broom.